The most successful and rewarding transitions from high school to college are achieved when students are open to exploration and excited about the discovery process. That's the mindset that cuts through the nonsense in the groupthink and allows them to go all in on choosing schools based on the factors that truly matter most. When called upon, I help them along the way. I'm Brian Eldridge, founder of Courier College Prep and the host of Admissions to Mars. And that's what I hope to do here, leverage my knowledge, insights, and experience to put you in possession of a regularly updated map of the college admissions landscape. And welcome back to Admissions to Mars. Do you always watch for the longest day of the year and then miss it? I never do. And that could be because for the last 20 years or so, I reread The Great Gatsby as the summer solstice approaches and I usually finish it a day or two afterwards. And this tradition is, without a doubt, one of the genuine small pleasures in my life, one that marks the stretch of long days where time seems to dilate and I expand and live in those warm days a la Emerson, reading Gatsby, savoring every page. Now, I could spend an entire episode discussing its innumerable charms and expounding my rationale for calling it the perfect American novel, as relevant now as when it was written. But instead, I want to highlight its value as a word power expander extraordinaire. Now, it shouldn't come as a surprise to know that those students who read independently outside of school tend to consistently perform better on the verbal sections of the SAT and the ACT than those who don't. In fact, numerous studies have shown that one of the most reliable predictors of strong test scores is the number of books in a home. And this has been found to be true across all educational and occupational levels around the world. And notably, these benefits are enhanced for students from disadvantaged families. And I can absolutely corroborate uh, these findings. The students I work with who love to read invariably do well on standardized tests. They don't get bored. They don't struggle to finish. They've honed their comprehension skills. They can maintain focus and attention for longer periods of time. And statistically speaking, they have swum around in more vocabulary. And a strong vocabulary is a key to dominating the reading passages. Now you might say, but the SAT doesn't directly test vocabulary the way they used to, which is true. There are no more standalone uh, vocabulary questions, right? The what's the definition questions on the test, which is why it's a rare thing nowadays to see a student carrying around that giant box of flashcards uh, that used to be ubiquitous in the test prep world. Um, Every now and then, I'll go to a home for a session and... uh, 
laid out uh, on the table might be an older brother or sister's prep materials, and that might include the giant box of uh, Princeton Review or or Kaplan cards. And some students still uh, still use them. I feel there are more organic ways to build your word power, and one of those ways uh, is again looking up unfamiliar words, whether that's reading uh, a book, an article, listening to the radio, hearing someone uh, speak, and using a word that you don't know. Instead of just letting that pass by, I a good rule of thumb to, to live by is uh, take the time and, and look up that word. So next time you hear it, you understand its meaning. Anyway, now on the SAT, vocabulary is tested in what they call a words in context fashion. So um, you'll read the passage and one of the questions will say, what does the word elevate most nearly mean? Um, but just because antediluvian or iconoclast or Byzantine isn't tested directly, it doesn't mean you can skate with a less than stellar command of the English language. Now those words are, they're just embedded in the passage. All right. For example, here's a sampling of the $10 words found in the first 30 or so lines of the Lady Carlotta passage taken from the uh, College Board Blue Book. Arguably one of the more challenging passages, uh, I think, in, in the study guide. All right. Ample, sullen, betook, doctrine, eloquent, besieged, indifference. Knowing those definitions can mean the difference between understanding the context of a sentence uh, and for that matter, a story, or feeling lost. A strong vocabulary is a game changer. And The Great Gatsby is here to help. Gatsby has been assigned, read, analyzed, and adored by generations of students. While exploring the possibility of reinvention, the corrupting influence of money, and the existential despair and disillusionment at the heart of the American dream, Fitzgerald's language propels the story along in a mesmerizing way. The sentences just enchant, and these sentences are incredible vehicles for improving your word power. On almost every page, you'll find the types of words that populate the reading passages on the SAT and the ACT. Echolalia, condescension, fraternal, convivial, rakish, shrill, immoderately, languid, dilatory, peremptory. How many of those did you know? How many of those were you fuzzy on? I advise my students to keep an index card or a sheet of loose leaf paper handy when reading, well, not just Gatsby, but anything and to jot down unfamiliar words. Then, get old school. Consult an actual three-dimensional dictionary to look them up. And maybe even go the extra mile and put the word in a sentence. This process has the power to imprint the definition even more. It's a one-more-round exercise. 
And if you know the quote I'm referencing, then you know the designs for life that I'm advocating. There you have it, The Great Gatsby. If you have yet to read it, read it. If you've already read it, read it again. If nothing else, I challenge you to give me a book with a more beautiful and poignant final line. One that ages with the reader, but never gets old. Till next time, be good and be good at it. <laughs>